You're listening to Popaganda, the feminism and pop culture podcast. Today, we're talking about transformations. Recently, we've seen a transformation of the representation of transgender people in pop culture. Trans people are more visible in mainstream media than they were five years ago. From Laverne Cox on Orange is the New Black, to Caitlyn Jenner on the cover of Vanity Fair, to Janet Mock anchoring her own MSNBC web show, to actress Jamie Clayton starring in brand new Netflix show Sense8. To discuss this change and what it means for the everyday lives of transgender people, Equity Foundation Executive Director Carol Collymore sat down for a conversation with two transgender advocates who are also pop culture consumers. Stacy Rice, who is the co-executive director at the Q Center, an LGBTQ advocacy center here in Portland, and Jace Montgomery, who's a student at George Fox University, talked with Carol about transgender issues and pop culture. My name is Carol Collymore, executive director of the Equity Foundation, and really thrilled to host this conversation about transgender people in popular culture. And so I'll let you all introduce yourselves, whoever would like to go first. Hi, I'm Stacy Rice, co-executive director of Q Center. I identify as a trans woman, been transitioned for 15 years now, and very happy to be here to have this discussion today. Thank you. Um, I'm Jace Montgomery. I'm a student um, currently at George Fox University, um, and I'm just really happy to be here to continue the conversation um, of educating um, people about trans issues and, yeah. Great. Well, I'm so glad you guys agreed to have this conversation, so I will just jump right in. How did pop culture influence your own life when you were thinking about your gender identity when you were younger or when you weren't younger? Um, for me, I didn't actually watch a lot of TV or really when I was younger, I didn't really listen to a lot of, you know, radio or stuff like that. Um, but I remember the first time really kind of thinking about gender was when, when I was, excuse me, was when I watched, uh, She's the Man. Um, and I remember... The basketball movie? No, it's, it's basically about a girl who, um, you know, her soccer team gets, um, booted from yes, the school. I remember. And so she, she, you know, she, she wants to continue to play soccer. Um, so she uh, dresses as a male and attends her brother's school, who is her twin, and, you know, plays on the guy's soccer team. Um, so that's the, that's the first time I really remember thinking about gender, you know, the different roles that people play. Um, so, yeah. Was it a moment that you were saying, I wish I could do that? Like, yeah. I wish I could be Amanda yeah. Bynes in this movie? Yeah, I, I definitely was like, I want to do that. I wish I could just, you know, you know, be a girl and then, you know, be a boy whenever I want to. Um, but... At that time, I was like, you know, is that really possible? You know, maybe it's easier just to stick with, you know, the lesbian identity, so. Yes, uh, well, I was a child uh, before the internet era and before maybe a lot of pop culture actually had kind of seeped into the consciousness actually of, of our culture today. Uh, so it was a little, it was, there was just barely glimpses actually of what maybe could be or what was. Um, I remember that one of the first times it really connected with me in a pretty big way was back in 1972, it's a long time ago, there was a Lou Reed song that came out, Walk on the Wild Side. And as part of the, the core, part of one of the, the, um, the lyrics actually of that song is that, that uh, this particular character uh, you know, shaved her legs and he became a she. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. And I was I thought, well, wait, maybe I can do this. 
So yeah, so the but outside of that, there wasn't really a lot. You just like I said, you just got barely glimpses here and there of, of. I mean, I knew from you know five years old that that something just didn't quite fit. Uh, that I was uh, everybody treated me like this little boy they saw, but I felt like a little girl, and really didn't have a great way actually to explain that, especially during that time period. Because I mean, where do you? You know, we had three television channels, so where do you see someone that's actually trans, you know, and, and kind of maybe connect with them? So there was a lot of time spent digging into college libraries, other places, trying to find a shred of information about that. It's, I mean, to me, I think one of the most amazing inventions, besides, the, I mean, this is kind of an understatement, but it is the Internet because it actually helped trans people connect mm-hmm. to see that there were other people out there that you could kind of build community with, so. You grew up in North Carolina, right? I did, yes. yes. Okay. Was there anybody there you could identify with, even just in the sort of mainstream LGB community, to, to sort of start that first step of identification? Oh, yes, actually. Well, there were. Uh, there was actually one of my cousins uh, who identifies as gay now. Uh, but, of course, at that time, that wasn't even spoken. Uh, but I could... I could I could feel a kindred, you know, kin- kinship actually with with my cousin. Like, well, wait, okay, this is a person that's as well not quite fitting in those little boxes that people had at that time, and it it kind of started expanding my horizons that there were people actually that kind of were outside of those boxes, and that maybe my box wasn't. Well, I think it was okay. You know, I just had to figure that out though. So now that we are, it's 2015, there's, there are shows, there's Orange is the New Black, there is um, now Keeping Up with the Kardashians is going to have a spinoff for, for Caitlyn Jenner. How does that impact you now as you walk through the world and do you feel like that is any reflection on you, to you, for you, positively or negatively? Well, Chase. Um, I'm really excited about that, you know, they're putting more trans people and displaying them more in the correct manner because, um, you know, you know, this happened, you know, with, you know, gay individuals as well as lesbian individuals, um, you know, always displaying them in the stereotypical, you know, masculine, this is the man, this is the woman role, um, and not really delving into, like, their background and what they actually go through. So I'm really excited to see more characters, um, LGBTQ and trans, that are more, you know, well-rounded and you they actually, like, get into their lives and, you know, their experience as that individual, so... Yes, I, I, we really have reached a tipping point, I think, with, with trans issues and trans visibility. I mean, one of the things I've always thought the trans community had working against them on some level is the fact, at least in my generation, you, you wanted to blend in. You didn't want to be out. You wanted to be for, for a safety issue, actually. So what happened is that people maybe knew a trans person but they didn't really know that they knew a trans person. So I think now with this visibility of all these amazing folks that are being out there on the front pages and the front lines, it's going to do nothing but help, actually, because I think it's a huge platform that these folks have had to be able to tell a very authentic trans story to the world. And it's really going to do nothing but help us and as people that come after us actually that are transgender i mean it it takes a lot of that mystery away it takes a lot of that i don't know what this really is and yeah it's brilliant i mean i just i never to be honest i never thought i would really see this in my lifetime actually it's wonderful yeah uh jace talk to me a little bit about 
um, what it means when somebody like Laverne Cox, who is who is mm-hmm. trans and a person of color, specifically mm-hmm. a black person, um, obviously people of color have a harder time in any category at any time of life. It doesn't matter what it is, we're going to be struggling. So how is it for you in your reality and how has she helped or does she even help at all mm-hmm. as you, you know, make it through your journey now? Yeah, um, as a trans person, you know, especially a trans person who's African-American, um, there's a lot of obstacles, you know, that go with, you know, being a person of color. Um, and then being trans on top of that, um, you know, just adds a double barrier. So it's really nice to see an African, especially an African-American woman, so you got the intersectionality going on, um, really, you know, step out and, you know, be open about herself. Um, and it just encourages me to, you know, be you know, not be scared and, you know, be willing to step out and know that um, even though I may be scared and nervous, that other people are always learning and, uh, you know, um, using me or, you know, anybody else as an example. Um, so, yeah. So, Stacy, I was reading an article on, on, it was, it's not really an article, it was an op-ed piece in the New York Times where uh, the author was saying that she felt it was unfair that Caitlyn Jenner got to define Feminism and she was not allowed because she just became a woman and had been a man before and so to me I thought well that isn't necessarily what I understand from trans people is that you just don't get to decide at 40 or 60 that you're suddenly the the opposite gender um, So I'm wondering if you had thoughts on that and, and what that means for your own femininity or lack thereof or whatever it is however you choose to define yourself Oh sure. I, well, that conversation is is really raging in uh, radical feminists, the feminist circles, and the trans community as well too. Uh, there is part of me that understands uh, where uh, feminists who grew up in the '50s and '60s and '70s uh, where they're coming from, because I was in that era too. I understood exactly what that patriarchy was, and and it was you know we hadn't made a lot of changes at that time. So that's been their lived experience, actually. Um, but I think what has to happen now, actually, is that we have we all have to evolve. We all have to get to a different place. I think because this world is changing, ideas are changing, people are changing. Uh, it was it was a really interesting op-ed to read, and um, I um, I guess I can, what I can say about that, at least from, from like what you mentioned about what, what this person said in the op-ed, is that, I mean, I knew, I mean, from, I mean, even before five, that, that I was really female, and of course I had, there was no way to accomplish that. So, um, so sure, I've lived through, you know, 40 years in my male life, and, and that has had certain privileges, which I do understand that. Uh, but it's, I would be very hard-pressed to say that my experience is as a woman. It may be, I mean, I could never have a baby. I mean, so, I mean, it's a different experience, but I think there's lots of uh, genetically born or cis women who actually, who, uh, actually have experienced things that other women can't either. So, I mean, so it's going to continue to evolve. You know, it's, 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 going, to, it's going to be fine, I think, as we move forward. Jace, what did, what did your, how did your friends react when you started to tell them um, that you were a man? <laughs> well, my friends actually reacted pretty well. They already kind of knew, you know, I was, you know, the typical butch lesbian, um, you know, dressed 
like a guy. Um, so when I came out, it wasn't that big of a surprise. The you know where they struggled the most was you know with the pronouns and the name and all of that. But really, it was it was easy, easy go. Luckily, so oh, I'm fortunate awesome. for that. Very fortunate. That's amazing generational change for <laughs> sure. Uh, there was speak back, back to the idea of you know what is feminism and what is masculinity. Um, there was a, a, a trans man out of Eugene, I believe, who entered the contest to be on the cover of Men's Health magazine, and he was ripped and push-ups and whatever. And I thought, especially with uh, Caitlyn Jenner on the cover of Vanity Fair, is there now going to be pressure for folks who are trans to then now fit into the conventional beauty standards that we've created? Oh, that's that's a great question. Yeah, it's really interesting of making the transition that I did. It, it was fascinating to all of a sudden realize that I felt those pressures. I mean, that here I was, you know, very tall, and 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 I, I was really puzzled while I was starting to feel that pressure that I needed to fit into a certain way. But but I think it kind of goes well, at least for myself, and, and I think uh, I don't know if I, I can speak for a lot of trans people, but I think at least for myself. I mean, you have to come to that realization that you have to be exactly who you are. I mean, this is the package. This is who you are. And you make the most of that. I don't know. I think it sh I think it would be a mistake if people assumed when they saw, you know, those two folks that that was actually the norm for everybody in the community. I mean, as, as we all know, the trans community is extremely diverse. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's, I mean, it's great to have them out there. I mean, they're, you got to have those folks that are out there in the front. Yeah. And Jace, you're a sporty. Mm -hmm. You love yeah. the sports. Yeah. How did that, did that cover give you any pressure or just make you excited? Like, I could now also be on the cover of Men's Health. Yeah. Like, what I was mean, your it reaction? Makes, it makes me excited, but um, it'd be dumb for me to say that I don't, you know, succumb to society's gender roles. Um, I definitely do, you know. Being able to switch from female to male or vice versa, you're really able to see how boxed everything is. It's unbelievable and you're really able to see how much you actually play into that yourself um tell me say more about that say more about yeah, what what your role was as a woman what your role is as a man that's really yeah, interesting. yeah i mean you know as a woman i mean i've always been a very you know strong not like strong but like you know very assertive um but you know as a woman you're not you're not supposed to be assertive you know you're supposed mm -hmm. to take pat sit back and let you know the males do what they're gonna do um and so I always had a problem with that. I was like, why? Like, why does that exist? Um, but you know, you know, transitioning to male, um, there's a lot of um, social pressure from friends, and not even I don't even think they mean to necessarily you know push people in a certain way, but it's just you know the comments that they make, um, the way that they treat you, um, you know, you know, conversations are very sexual, um, so just stuff like that. And I think the most important thing is being aware that we all play into those stereotypes and being able to be like, okay, yes, I did that. You know, how can I do this better next time? Or how can I change this is really important, so. Yeah, what a unique journey we have actually that we can actually experience life, you know, on both sides. I mean, it's really, it's, I mean, I look at that as a blessing actually. Yeah. I mean, that you can kind of see see life from those two different, well, very binary areas. But I, I'll never forget the first time after I transitioned and, and I was working in an office and, and uh, this manager came to me and says, oh honey, you may not know much about this computer. Let me show you what that is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> 
I mean, I always knew that existed, but it was like, wow, okay. And I thought, and I thought, gosh, I know more than you do. <laughs> you know, and it was so it was like, wow, okay, but but that was a that was a lovely experience as well. You know, that was it made me very angry, but I could see how well that really is there. It's it's part of life. Have either of you um because of your um, uh, identification, been harassed, assaulted, um, anywhere where you felt like you were physically in danger? Um, well, personally, not, not really, um, except, you know, online. You know, that always happens behind mm. the screen. People say a lot of bad stuff. Um, but I've been really lucky. But, you know, a lot of the, the anxiety um, and the, I guess, feeling scared is just knowing the violence that can happen yes, to trans people yes. um, and knowing that people at my school do know my identity, um, you know, people that I didn't necessarily want to tell, but, you know, now know because of the media. Um, you know, just being afraid to walk home. You know, I'm small. If, you know, if three guys want to get me, they're going mm-hmm. to get me. Um, so just having to live with that fear. So it's kind of more of a indirect, f- like, fear that the, uh, like, society produces for trans people, if that makes sense. Oh. Um, and so that can be really debilitating and binding and scary. So, yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. That's such a beautiful point because I, I feel the exact same thing. I've had just a couple of minor issues where people, I've worked a lot of retail after I, trans, after I transitioned, and, and, you know, a couple of people would make a remark to a coworker, uh, you know, that they knew that I was trans, and, and not a very nice remark, actually, about it. But I'm the same way. I worry more about, just because of the violence against trans folks and the fact that, you know, there's so many trans people are murdered every year in this world because of just being who they are. Uh, I'm always aware of, of where I am, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Uh, you know, it was a little, it was a more challenge in the South because I lived my whole life there until I moved to Portland three years ago, which is, it's a little easier here, thank goodness. But, but I was always very cognizant of the fact that if I was roaming through the countryside somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and I need to go into a little grocery store or something, I mean, yeah, because you're thinking this, this maybe cannot end great, you know, so I kind of was always, it, 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 it's a very sad thing to think about that we kind of have that potential violent thing hanging over us, but it's real. I mean, it's very real. You know, we've got some fair representation on TV, and now we've got Janet Mock with a new show on MSNBC, which is only online, so hopefully one day we'll get her to the to the actual screen. But what is it that we're missing, cis people are, and straight people are missing about um, and what, we sh- what should we be talking about? Oh, yeah. I, I, there's a whole multitude of issues, I think, that fall kind of under this, that we have Janet Mock and Caitlin and, and Laverne Cox out there. But 99.9% of the other trans folks' experiences are really so much different than that. I mean, there's that great study that came out was a couple of years ago on transgender issues. I mean, it was like, what, 10,000 trans folks filled out this survey. I mean, it is stunning to see those numbers, how, I mean, the, the super high percentage of trans people have been homeless, you know, that have been fired from their job. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And so there's all these grassroots basic issues, actually, that we, that needs, and I'm hoping that with this 
kind of template of, okay, we're getting to know trans people that we can maybe have opportunities to maybe share, okay, this is the reality for trans people. There's nothing more heartbreaking, and I share this story all the time, but it's just so true. There's nothing more heartbreaking than someone to come, at Q, come to Q Center, a trans woman, and be homeless. And we really have no place for them to go. We have uh, Right to Dream 2 is wonderful, and they, they accept trans folks. So, and that happens more often than people realize that people show up here like that. And so, yeah, we've got a ton of issues to, to start focusing on now, you know. Yeah, there's, there's still a lot of issues, um, you know, with just like legis legislation and law and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, but one thing that I've really been, you know, looking at is, you know, the intersection between like masculinity and uh, trans people. Um, I think you know, a lot of times we focus on the LGBTQ community, but I think we also need to be focusing on other stuff outside of it and how mm -hmm. it's affecting the trans community. Um, I think, you know, basically masculinity is the rejection of anything that is, you know, feminine or seen as feminine. And I think that plays a really large role in how the trans community and the LGBTQ mm -hmm. community is treated um, because basically, you know, gay, lesbian, transgender people are defying and challenging, you know, patriarchy and what that means. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think if we really look at masculinity and how we're raising our young men and boys, um, that, you know, they can be emotional and it's okay to cry and do all this stuff, I think we would see a huge release on the LGBT community. So trying to look at more of those outside circles and how they intersect. Carol Collymore in conversation with Stacey Rice and Jace Montgomery. 